We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all the things going down in Manhattan. The latest news, top stories, and insider perspectives to keep you in the know. Make sure to hit the follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by Holiday Distillery and their vast assortment of spirits. And now, the latest episode of Three Maw. Welcome in, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I feel like the uh, only times I've ever done this sitting directly next to Cole have been uh, when great things are happening. We've done this, what, after the Oklahoma game in football, after the Big 12 championship game in football, and now we are here talking about K-State beating Kentucky. And uh, Cole and I just got to watch it in his basement. I'd say, uh, you know, we were joking about the Iowa State game, that we watched the Iowa State football game down there. This was maybe like a little less stressful than that. Like maybe a little, I don't know. There there was one point where I was like, uh, I was literally like so nervous. I was like shaking. Cole was like trying to talk to me and I was just like, dude, I'm dying over here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, you were like trying to do some serious analysis or insight or something. And I was just like, I got nothing. I got nothing. But uh, boy, what a hell of a game. I uh, I don't even know what to say about this team, man. I mean, you guys know me. I- I'm usually, I- I'm just trying to run my mouth today. Like that's, I call, I was trying to caution you a little bit on the guardrails of the Oklahoma football game. I don't know. I'm just ready to run my damn mouth all day today. So uh, I guess... Your opening statement, sir. Well, I mean, I would just say, first of all, great things happen when we watch games together, right? I, mean, I can't think of many bad moments we've had when we watch things together. So let's get John Kurtz to New York City. Uh, my <laughs> wife just booked airfare and our hotels in New York. I just got to get us our tickets, and I'm traveling to New York for the first time in my life. And I am so excited and thrilled for the players on this team that get to go home and all the players just in general for advancing to the Sweet 16 and what was one of the best wins in a long time for K-State basketball in a game that was a roller coaster of emotions. And every time you felt like Kentucky had taken control of the game with some of the runs they went on, K-State had an answer. And uh, we'll get into the details of, of how this game swung in K-State's favor and some of the performances that were just absolutely mm-hmm. dynamic by some of K-State's players and the moments that were captured. But overall, you know, John, right before I you know, we went on air. I was talking to you that we need to find footage of the the Bill Snyder opening statement in 1989 when he took the uh, the job at Kansas State football and the Jerome Tang 
side by side uh, his opening press conference when he said, you know, Bill said opportunity for the greatest turnaround exists here today. And Jerome Tang said this was not going to take long. And uh, both guys seemed like they were quite correct and prophetic in their statements that they made. Now, I know basketball is a little different animal and it's not the turnaround of what football did. But for what Jerome Tang and this basketball team has done and this coaching staff in year one, just uh, it, I'm shocked. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Unbelievable, man. Un- unbelievable. Like, <clears throat> and, and I mean, not just like, here's the thing about this win. And I have been dealing with Kentucky fans in my mentions for the last 24 hours because I dare question their B writers on baiting Naquan Tomlin into a statement that, by the way, he absolutely backed up. So, like, outside of Oscar, we just go do our thing, right? And Naquan Tomlin was a freaking man tonight. But, I, I you know, I had some of them in there like, oh, you know, your greatest, uh, your, your program's greatest tournament win in 50 years was against us. Well, first of all, <clears throat> now it's happened twice. Uh, second of all, it's not really even like, this is a great win. I don't want to take anything away from the win. But, Cole, it's not like this was some heroic upset performance or anything like that. Like, K-State... Felt like, to me, the the better side in the game. Uh, the first 10 minutes or so were pretty ugly. But after that, I mean, I felt like K-State was the better team. Like, Kentucky had the bully ball thing going on with Shibway. But if if not for the, the way that the fouls racked up in the second half and Kentucky just getting bailed out with free throws for about seven to eight possessions in a row there in the second half, I mean, K-State really, really controlled the thing. So I don't... And that, that's what's amazing, just tying this all back to the point that you're making about Tang and his statement. This is not some like Marquise in the Miracles sort of thing. Like they they belong and guys had big moments. Like Naquan Tomlin stepped up and played an amazing game. 12 points, six boards, four blocks, two steals, in particular in the first half when K-State had to have it, when none of the shots were falling or anything like that. That dude was a man inside. And that has not always been the case this year. And then Ish Masood has it peed a whole drop the whole game and then just decides to whack a 25-footer uh, to to put K State in front at a huge moment. So it just this team all came together. So many pieces. Then obviously Marquise, you know, was just awesome. But th- this team belongs. They belong, and they they've got a they've got a chance at a Final Four. Man, I mean, it is crazy. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but like he legitimately built a team capable of getting to the Final Four in in this short period of time. Well, I mean, Jerome Tang's made it clear, John, that he wanted to go to a place where he felt like he could win a national championship. And clearly, just in year one, he now feels that way. They're four games away from getting to a national championship game, three wins away from playing in a national title, two from a Final Four. They're in the Sweet 16, and and we'll get into the bracket falling their way a little bit. But if they could get past the Elite Eight game, you know, there is a a favorable potential matchup in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. And look, we know that's happened before for K-State over the last 10, 12 years. K-State and Farley Dickinson for the Final Four, baby. Yeah, but, you know, just to to do it the way they did and and Marquise Noel and Naquan Tomlin. And and look, I mean, here's the thing. K-State 0 of 12 from three in the first half. But yeah, K-State was up three points. John, they went 12 of 17 on twos. And we we were just astounded by this while watching the game. And we look back at it at halftime. He saved 12 of 17 on twos, 0 of 12 from three in the first half. Literally all 12 two-point makes were dunks or layups. They did not hit a jump shot in the first half. In the second half, K-State makes one shot that was not a three that happened to be five foot from the rim, and that was a Marquise Noel floater that put him up 47 to 43. Outside of that, again, it was either three-pointers. They went five of nine from three in the second half, or it was layups or dunks at the rim, and K-State... Two of 18 from three going into the final four minutes of the game. And the last three minutes and 30 seconds, starting with Marquise Noel 
hitting a huge three, like the Marquise Noel three to pull them when they're down four and that arena's buzzing, Kentucky fans are on their feet. Okay, so it sounds 60 to 56. And Marquise Noel coming off a screen hits a three to pull him within one. That was huge. And then K-State gets a turnover, gets the ball back. Masoon hits the three. Then Kentucky misses a three. And Keontae Johnson, who had struggled on it, like one of Keontae's worst games that he's played in a long time. I mean, he looked like he was a, you know, he just, he was short on a lot of his shots. He, he had a couple of key turnovers. Giving up, giving up wide open rebounds. Yeah. And, uh, he did not look. Yeah. And, and Keontae Johnson, it's a step back three, nothing but net to put him up five. They go three up three from three over the last three minutes and 30 seconds of that game. So uh, just stepping up and making plays when the pressure is on, these guys do not get intimidated by the big moment. And it's just evident and just, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, they go eight of eight at the foul line in the last 40 seconds of the game too. I mean, they're, they're just nails. Uh, yeah, so I see I see Hugh Cat saying Ish also battled, battled Oscar. I mean, Ish and David Gasson too. Like, Gasson played a pretty damn good couple of games here, man. I mean, like, everybody really stepped up. Like, I I mean, Shibwe, I don't know, what were his final stats, Cole? Like, 25 and 18. Okay, I mean, obviously, like, that's going to look ridiculous, but that was, was kind of the idea. It was like, you, you let him go off, and you take care of the other stuff, and you should be okay. But even with that stat line, it felt like K-State did put up a, I agree, you got, like, they, they put up a pretty good fight between Naquan, Ish, and David Gasson, all guys who like, you know, Naquan didn't didn't get in foul trouble today against Oscar Shibway of all people, didn't get in foul trouble, played really smart, played really tough. Um, Ish and then Gasson, who are more finesse sort of guys, like, yeah, they all had a part in really battling there. And just, I cannot say enough. I cannot say enough about those guys. Just, it, it, it nutting up. I mean, that's what it was, man. It was just, they just played with some big balls today. Everybody. Everybody, the, the entire team. Like I see, I see uh, Puduk, Puduk uh, with with De- uh, Desi. I mean, Desi, very very tough. I mean, we knew, you know, what is. I remember early in the season, Jerome Tang pushing, and this I'm talking like non-con season when Desi kind of went through a slump. Uh, Tang pushing through the media, really trying to get people to write stories about Desi being a winner, and like trying to emphasize that, and I think get his confidence going at that time. I remember myself, you know, being a little bit cynical at the time, was kind of like, okay, I mean, you know, I, nothing is Desi. I like the guy, but I'm like, this seems like maybe a little, no, that was, that was clearly very smart and very correct. Like Desi is 1000% a winner. He is very tough. And, uh, yeah, he just, he does a lot for this team when they really need him to. And then he stepped up and hit a couple free throws there at the end. So, I mean, just everybody, everybody played, played a role. Yeah. I mean, Desi battling the hip injury that he suffered in the first half, he ends up with 12 points, four rebounds, six of seven at the free throw line, knocks down a couple big free throws down the stretch on the front end of the one and one and knocks down the second as well. Like everybody knows that like Desi's one of the most likable guys that I can remember at K-State in a long time. Yeah. The way that he carries himself, the way that he plays, he's so hard nosed, relentless effort, but also he's just fun off the court too. Like he's got a great personality, just an amazing guy that everybody loves. I mean, all these guys are so likable off the court as well as on the court, the way that they carry themselves. I just, I mean, the thing, this is even, this is going back to Montana State, but I, I, Desi still is for one. I mean, Jareem orchestrating media interviews for him while he's submerged in an ice bath was great. But literally, Desi, like, from the ice bath, straight into the camera like that, he's asked about Keontae and Marquise, and he was just like, those guys are the best duo in the country. No cap. In an ice bath. Like, it was just, 
all of it was just perfect. I thought it was just like perfectly Desi. I really, really appreciated that moment. Yeah, I love him. Shout out, shout out to Desi. Yeah, that's it. And I think David Gasson had three steals. I know people have shouted him out. I thought he played great defense as well. And look, here's the thing about Oscar Shibway. And we talked about this on the scouting report. No, here's the thing about Oscar Shibway. He travels every (laughs) goddamn time he touches the ball. And he gets away with murder because he gets that Jalen Wilson treatment, man. I, that is the thing. It's, it's a little infuriating that, you know, we can't ever get Keontae to get that sort of treatment. Yes, we got a comment from Aaron uh, Adams who says, Noel with John Moran, NCAA stats, only second player since 1990 with 40 points and 20 assists. So uh, I assume that's in the first two NCAA tournament games. It is, because, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, because yeah. if you look at, you know, what, what just Noel did in the first game was 17 points and four assists, 14 assists against Montana State. He's one of just two players since 2014 in the NCAA tournament to have 14 assists or more. And now he has nine assists and 27 points in this game. And, you know, not to distract from that because we'll talk about Noel and how big he was in this game in a little bit as well here. But Shibwe, five turnovers in this game. And what was the scouting report? If you can double him, you can force him into some mistakes. K-State forces 10 turnovers between Shibwe and their point guard, Kaysen Wallace. I'm not a turnover to K-State. K-State had eight turnovers, guys. That's what I was like, Phil, pretty so, low. So what did we talk about going into this game is one of the keys. I tweeted it out. We talked about it on the preview bot. Kentucky came into this game ranked 268th in the country in turnovers per possession forced at 16.3%. When K-State turns the ball over 15 times or less in a game coming into today, the they were 13-2 and two since the start of Big 12 play. Kentucky had not forced 16 turnovers or more in their last 22 games entering today. K-State only turns the ball over eight times, which was huge in the game, because one of the big things that keyed Kentucky's run early in the second half, that 11-0 run, was a couple of crucial turnovers, a couple bad shots. Kentucky got out and ran in transition, and that kind of keyed their big run. But for the most part, K-State really, really took care of the basketball, and they're now 14-2 when turning it over 15 times or less, and 14-2 against teams that force a turnover rate of 19.5% or less. And Kentucky turned it over 16 times, John, which is the third highest the Wildcats have turned the ball over on the season, the second highest since the start of SEC play. So that was a huge part as well. K-State just forcing Kentucky into the six, 11 turnovers by Kentucky in the first half alone. Well, let's go back. Like, Let's talk defense as a whole, man. I mean, they defended their asses off today and and they did against montana state too by the way i thought they played a really good defensive game and i know i remember like late in the conference season we were talking about this and i think i even made the comment like you know something like oh, you know, if the defense would come around a little bit and that was when you guys first alerted me to like hey go check ken on like they're actually like a top 30 defensive efficiency team when it didn't really feel like that for a lot of the year i mean i don't know what ken palm would tell you right now but it, the, the defense just seems like it is come light years from where it was toward the beginning of conference play. Like, you know, remember the Texas game? They, great game. They scored, what, like 111 points, but Texas also was, like, right there, you know, kind of hot hot on your tail. Like, they were not defending at Baylor. That was, like, a game in the 90s. Like, they were not defending all that well at that point in time. And now here in the NCAA tournament, when you have to have it, you have to go in a rock fight against Kentucky in Greensboro, a, a home game, essentially, for Kentucky. You're, you're right there just defending your ass off against a team that has all this four and five star talent all over its roster. I mean, those guys, and that kind of comes back to like the, just the toughness of guys like Naquan who embodied all of that, but their, their defense really helped win them this game. Yeah. I mean, and Hugh Cat's got the stat, 11 steals, four blocks. Tomlin had all four blocks. Like the way that he matched their physicality and only commits three fouls in the game and only one foul in the first half. So he doesn't have to sit like 
we're starting to see what happens when Naquan Tomlin plays a significant amount of minutes. Montana State, he has 13 points in the second half alone and was huge in that game down the stretch. And in this game, you know, he has 12.6 rebounds, four blocks, two steals, like you already said, John. I mean, he was tremendous throughout the entirety of the game. So, I mean, I thought that was a huge part. After today, K-State is now number 17 in the country in defense per Ken Palm. Okay. Uh, so, look, this is a top 20 defensive team that uh, has been nails in Kentucky, four of 20 from three. And look, yes, they missed some open shots, but that's part of the game plan as well. Now, one of the shocking parts of this game and hugest, biggest aspects that occurred was Antonio Reeves, who is second on Kentucky's team and scoring at nearly 15 points per game on the season, transferred from Illinois State, nearly 2,000 points in his entire career, career 37% three-point shooter, and 41% from three on the season. He had five threes against Providence in the 6-11 game in the first round of the NCAA tournament. He goes one of 10 from three against K-State. Oh, of nine on his first nine. He hit the, what proved really to be a meaningless yeah. three with about 20 seconds left in that game today. But one of 15 from the floor for Reeves, who is really their best shot maker as a guard. It's a 6-5 senior, and they completely shut him down. And so... That was a big aspect, but we talked about it all year, that K-State is one of the top 15 three-point defenses in America. And yes, there's some outliers. You look at the TCU game in Kansas City. Look, that's just TCU just hit shots. Like, K-State is an elite defensive team from three, and Kentucky goes four of 20 from the three-point line in this game. So while K-State went five of 21, Kentucky goes four of 20. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I'm reading this this quote that someone just threw out from Tank. Tradition does not help you if you don't get out on the floor and play with dudes. We had more. I, I love. Let, let me say this about Coach Tang. That is a thank you, uh, Mason, for this quote. Uh, we had more dudes than they did today. That's what that was. I had not seen that yet. 
I cannot love that quote anymore. And I cannot love how Jerome Tang handles himself at press conferences anymore because that answer that he had where the, the Kentucky media, these jabronis, I try basically like trying to bait, not even the Tomlet baiting thing, but like trying to get Tang to give them some fluffy quote, like just bowing at the altar of Kentucky is what they were trying to do in the press conference beforehand, right? They're trying to get like, oh, you know, they're great, Coach Cal, all this tradition, whatever. And Jerome Tang gave them none of that. He said, look, we snapped their 55-game home court winning streak when I was at Baylor. We beat them twice in the tournament when I was at Baylor. He didn't say this, but I wanted to just tack on to that. And K-State beat them in, in freaking Atlanta five years ago in the Sweet 16. We're not scared of Kentucky. Nobody is scared of Kentucky at this point anymore. Nobody is bowing at the altar of anything. I mean... We could talk about Kentucky's program for a long time here, but they have they're, they're second to they're not in the top tier of college basketball programs right now. They had gone over thirteen hundred days without a tournament win before their whoever the hell they beat in round one, Providence. Um, th- that is not, and I just love that Tang does not give in to that. He's going to stand up for his guys. He's got some cockiness to him, like at the podium, and I freaking love that. And he is right. He is right. He is right. He is right. They had more dudes than Kentucky out there today. So I, man, I just, I, I love that quote. I love that quote. Well, I mean, I thought his quote in the press conference yesterday on, on Saturday, just about, yeah, he knows cat fans travel, but our fans travel too at Kansas State. He's an our, he's an our cast traveled. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah that's, that's a good line. Yeah, yeah. And uh, look, he, he just acknowledged that he'd beaten Kentucky multiple times in his coaching career. And then John Calipari acts like he doesn't even remember it. All he remembers is an ice storm. And well, Calipari which sucks. just shows the arrogance of Calipari. A Cal, it could, it, Calipari sucks. Yeah. I mean, he sucks. Like, if it is, Calipari is what, People accused Scott Drew of being for a very long time, which is the get some McDonald's All-Americans and roll the ball out there and then be disappointing in the postseason, right? I mean, that was kind of like Scott Drew's reputation there for a while, which was stupid because he took over a program that couldn't even play a full schedule because of the scandal, you know, the whole murder thing in that program that he took over. That was always a dumb narrative with Scott Drew. But that is what Cal is now. They don't win in the tournament. The fans hate him. Like, I don't, it te- there's been these rumors of Texas trying to go after him. Does Texas even want Cal? Would you want him right now? And and I've never seen a guy complain more about officials throughout an entire game. Every single call, Cal is whining over there. Shut up, dude. Shut up and go get some better dudes. Or go, I don't know what he's going to do. Go to the NBA. I. What, so this is a live look at Calipari after every call. Yes. Every call. Yes. And I mean, whoever, whoever was up here that said he, he called Marquista and then he said the little dude hit a three or whatever the late in the game. <laughs> Screw off, man. It's just go enjoy. Have fun. You're going to go back to your McMansion and that's great. But enjoy sitting in your man cave while K-State plays in the guard. Suck it, but I, I mean, look, that just shows how smug and arrogant and entitled that Calipari is, that he acts like he doesn't know these guys' names. Um, I, I think that's inappropriate uh, first of all though you, you mentioned it beating him in 18 jar and now they beat him in 23 they beat him in atlanta and they beat him in greensboro okay had to travel the farthest out of all 16 of the top seeds in this ncaa tournament going over 1100 miles to greensboro north carolina kentucky had a 400 mile drive six hours and they had what i mean we weren't there but we saw the k-state media guys talking about how many fans they had you basically beat kentucky twice now and in catlanta like they like to refer to atlanta you beat them then to go to the elite eight and you beat them now to go to the Sweet 16 when they basically are playing a home game. 
Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty darn special. I mean, I, I imagine we joked before the game that Kentucky might start to think of K-State as their Wisconsin, like K-State fans doing the tournament. Yeah. And now they probably will hate to see K-State on the seed line. Look, K-State was an underdog going into this game. The disrespect that a three seed, a team that competed in the best league in America, a team that had beaten, you know, maybe top six or seven quad one wins in America going into this game. Like they've beaten teams better than Kentucky all year. And they were not intimidated by playing a game in front of a, you know, a, a road atmosphere with all these Kentucky fans there. And the narrative that K-State struggles on the road away from home, they once again proved like they can, they won at Texas, they won at Baylor. They basically just won at Kentucky. They beat three neutral court games in the Cayman Islands. Uh, th- this team can win home or away. So uh, an incredible moment, an incredible day to advance the Sweet 16. And I mean, to, to be honest, like when your local schools go out, like, you know, I, I'm not here to throw shade at Missouri or KU, but it's it's nice in the Midwest to, you know, now advance and you're the talk of the area because KU's out. Or you, you, did you say you're not here to throw shade? I'm just saying, you know, I know Jordan's our producer and he's a KU guy. I'm just, you know, I'm here to celebrate and bask in K-State and Jerome Tank would hey. not want us to throw shade at KU because this is about KSU, John. Hey, it's, it's, it's a big day for Jordan. Kevin McCullers' Kansas career is over. <laughs> so it's it's a big day. It's a big day. Uh, by the way, I see my guy, Silent Tyler, uh, said Coach Cal at Texas Tech. I would not wish that on Texas Tech. I got I like Tech a lot. Probably my favorite non-K-State Big 12 fan base. Gambling Gauchos, those guys are my dudes. I would not wish Coach Cal uh, on to them. Even after they can do were, better. Even after they were trying to push the whole Tang joking thing does to Texas. Yeah, 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 but it's just a whole part yeah, of their yeah, bit. Yeah. They're doing it with everybody. Uh, and, and Luke, shout out to you, man. You were there in Greensboro today at the game. What a special moment to be able to take that in. Look, I was in the media covering K-State when they advanced to the Sweet 16 for the first time in my lifetime uh, back in 2010 with Jacob Pullen and Denny Clemente, and it was a special night. And I, I imagine that it's quite a special moment for you guys. Like I'm watching from TV with John and, and our guy, Chris, who was over here watching the game with us and the kids. And we had a great time, but now I'm going to New York city guys. I mean, I'm, I'm here to sing New York, New York. I mean, I was trying to sing it, but we did wife, sing it. Yeah, my wife cut the video off the recorder. Yeah. I started saying people York. thought I didn't know what I was doing with my hands. It's because I was getting ready to sing New York, New York. I mean, you guys got to heard my voice. I mean, I come from a family of musicians. So you know, my mom was a vocal music teacher. I didn't get to show it off for you guys. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm so excited to go to New York City, to Madison Square Garden. And I'm so excited for these these guys from New York. What a dream scenario. We talked about this a month ago, like the opportunity to be in the East region maybe and go back to New York. But it felt like a long shot because you'd have to get seated in the East and then you have to win two games. And now Marquise Noel, Naquan Tomlin, Tyke yeah. Green, and Ishmael Masood and Curtis Kelly on the staff Curtis. to go on. And uh, coach in Madison Square Garden, where I don't believe any of these guys have probably gotten to play again. Well, let's tie a couple things together here. Aaron's comment where he says Coach Tang is building a national brand. Uh, true. So true. Standalone game on CBS, national stage, practically a Kentucky home game. That is this very true. That is a part of brand building. And I said, I think I actually said this. This was when I was on 610. I get confused what I said on the podcast, what I said on 610. But I was like, look, this team has a chance to be a massive like massively popular story in March Madness. Like not just because, I mean, they play such a fun style. Like it wasn't just beating Kentucky. They got into the Harlem Globetrotters bag for a little bit there, particularly at the end of the first half, you know, the Wells behind the back and his bounce between the legs and the alley-oop there at the end of the half, the deep threes. Like they are just a fun team to watch. I've got a buddy 
uh, Josh Graham, who co- he's he's a great radio host in the Triad, which is like Winston Salem, Greensboro, and Raleigh. Is that the other one? Anyway, great radio host over there, and so he's covering the tournament, and he texts me. He was like, man, this is a re- he does a really, uh, you know, I don't think it paid a ton of attention to K-State this year, but he texted me very early on in the media sessions. He was like, this is a really fun team. And then he texted it to me again in the, uh, like, well, the Montana State game, I think is when he texted me that. He was like, this this team is really fun. And I was like, yeah. And that's a that's a guy who is in the business, does it for a living, didn't really have any other impressions of K-State at all, and just immediately picked up on that. And so that's what it is. It's not just that you're winning games, but you're doing it in such a fun way. You dream is brilliant with giving everybody inside access with these IG lives and getting that video to go viral of them clapping to the little baby song. Like that, I mean, not even kidding. That is huge. That is huge. When you talk about like that went viral, that was everywhere. That was like a million views. Well, and just the the amount of outlets, not just that it got to like Barstool, not not, not that I like Barstool, but that's a huge account. Uh, There were like, there were Source or XXL, but you know, like things that, are going to be followed by recruits. Like th- those guys see that and they see how much fun this is and how much fun this team is. Like, guys, Tang is going to, there will be no problems getting talent to Manhattan. There are going to be dudes coming in here for a long time because of what they're doing and the way that they're doing it. And so then, bring it back to the New York thing. Now, I mean, think about this from like a CBS TV standpoint. You've got Naquan Tomlin on this team who grew up playing at Rucker Park, yeah. did not go to high school, or did, well, I, I keep, I was, I feel like I shouldn't. He went to high school. He did not play high school basketball, right? And then he goes to junior college and gets picked up by K State. So this guy that played at Rucker Park that didn't actually play high school basketball is now going to get a chance to go play in the Garden. And Marquise Noel, who grew up idolizing Kemba Walker, also New York guy that they said on the broadcast hasn't been home in three years because he just dedicated himself to the game so much, now gets to go back and play in Madison Square Garden. He talked specifically about that Kemba run where he ripped through the Big East tournament, and then the NCAA tournament. Won all those games and won the title. That, that is an unbelievable story. And yes, also Tyke Green, Ishmael who just hit that big shot. Like Curtis Kelly, so many New York connections. But that is that is unbelievable storytelling that is going to go on there with these guys. And I'm just so thrilled for that to get a, a more more national run here on this stage. It is, it is incredible. To be in the largest media market in the United States, heading into the Sweet 16 with that storyline with Keontae Johnson and his storyline with Jerome Tang and how charismatic he is and how likable he is and willing to show his true personality and not bottle things up like a lot of coaches do, like to show who he really is. I, I it, It's huge for this program. They're going to be the talk. Uh, you know, they're going to be one of the 16 teams remaining in the country. And so they'll be talked about nationally. And if you can win that Sweet 16 game and get to the Elite Eight, the farther you keep advancing, the more that you are talked about on a national platform uh, the storyline just carries itself, and there is a real opportunity here. Look, I know Marquette, Michigan State are playing right now. Case it's going to play the winner of that. We saw a question earlier about who would rather have. I mean, I don't really care. I haven't given it a lot of thought. I mean, I wouldn't be afraid to play Shaka Smart. I think that's a good Marquette team, but uh, I'm not that worried about playing Shaka Smart. In fact, I kind of would rather play him than Tom Izzo in March. So we'll see what unfolds when that game. A lot of you that listen to this will be listening after the fact. We'll do another podcast to preview K-State Sweet 16 matchup in New York City later this week before that occurs, but right now it's just instant reaction to what unfolded. Yeah, well, a lot of people are asking who we'd rather see them play. We, we can talk about that. I, I just realized I've been looking at the live comments and not not uh, Jordan's comments to us. We need to take a break. Uh, I should also mention a couple of things before we do that. Shout out to uh, Holiday Distillery, uh, 360 Vodka, Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon. 
You guys know that. I should say that slower. Someone told me I say it too fast. Ben Holiday bottled in bond bourbon is what you want to go check out from uh, Holiday Distillery. Great K-State folks, I'm sure, celebrating right now. Make sure that you guys get stocked up before the uh, Sweet 16. Get your booze on. Get it all ready to go. I should also tell you, please subscribe to the channel, the YouTube channel that you're currently watching this on, KCSNU. If you have not subscribed to it yet, please do that as well. With that, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we will uh, discuss. Who would we rather see, Marquette or uh, Michigan State? That's next. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, and we're back. We are back. All right, this is where I kind of have to defer to Cole, and I know I saw somebody in there saying, like, I wish Derek were here to break down the, the matchup of Marquette or Michigan State. I will just say, like, I don't know a single human being on earth who watches more college basketball than Cole does, so I feel like, like, literally, here's how that game went, by the way, like, Kentucky would have, like, a guy at the line, and I would be like, Cole, what does this guy shoot from the end? 74, you know, he just had the number right away. Like, he already had Kentucky's entire roster memorized and all that stuff. So I trust that you've seen plenty of Marquette and Michigan State this year. Who who do we want? Who would K-State rather play? I've seen plenty of them, for sure. Uh, look, Marquette's been a, a great story this year. They won the Big East. They won the Big East tournament. Shaka Smart is really one of the primary contenders with Jerome Tang to be National Coach of the Year. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, Marquette has been the number one offensive efficiency in the country for much of the season. They're number six entering today in Ken Palm offensive efficiency. They're number 45 nationally on defense. Uh, if you look at them, they shoot like 60% on twos. So it's kind of the intuitive of what Shaka Smart's been in the past, like run and gun. Like they're, they're not doing that necessarily. They're getting to the rim and they figured out a way to go about their play. And Tyler Kolick is one of the best point guards in America. It would be a matchup of two of the best point guards in America. Kolick was an All-American. I think he drew third or second team All-American this year at Marquette. He's a lefty uh, shooter and Marquise Noel playing alongside. So that that I Michigan State is a seven seed. Like you watch them, they don't have the talent of the traditional Michigan State teams that you see, but it's a Tom Izzo team that has figured things out and is rolling now. And they were up five at halftime against Marquette when we were watching earlier. So I mean, I haven't pulled up all of the numbers. Michigan State's the number 28 Ken Palm team in the country. They're 38 in offense. They're 39 in defense. So they're pretty balanced. Uh, Tyson Walker's a really good point guard as well for them. Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, you know, guy that can shoot the basketball. Uh, you know, they've got uh, a big Sonogo. Um, I think it's Sonogo. I might be confusing him with uh, with with uh, UConn's big. Uh, but look, we'll, we'll break those down. You're talking about Michigan State? Yeah. Sissoko? Sissoko, okay, yeah. Sissoko, he's a big... Uh, Malik Hall's been a guy that's been around there for a while. Hauser's a guy that shoots well from three. Uh, I, I, I'm fine with playing either one of them. I have not dove into like the turnover numbers, how many turnovers are forced. That'll be a key aspect, obviously. Um, so we'll do that more in depth uh, when we see what that matchup looks like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really... I don't know. I guess I'm kind of an... I don't want it to, to seem like, hey... You know, we're just doing the happy to be here sort of thing. But I, I mean, I kind of 
I mean, this is the instant reaction. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's hard to, uh, you know, like, uh, just celebrate today. And, yeah, like, I'm kind of just like, you know, whatever. They're going, they made it to the second freaking weekend in, in Jerome Tang's first year. Uh, because a lot of people didn't think that was going to happen today, right? I mean, I didn't wake up feeling great about I did. Can I, can I be honest about something here? Because we were giving DY some grief because DY uh, predicted Kentucky officially. And I think I saw someone on the chat giving them some grief for that, too. I did a I did a radio hit with like I don't know fan duels. Yeah. Anyway, it's like this big national radio, right? They were like, "Hey, come on and do this," and they asked me at the end. They were like, "What do you think? Who's gonna win the game?" I think they even asked like, "Does K State cover?" And they had it at two and a half. And I was like, "Man, I was like, I feel like Kentucky wins the game by one possession." So I was like, one to two possessions right on that line. But I I feel like Kentucky wins the game. So I, I was in the same boat. Like I didn't, we talked after the Montana state game. We were kind of like, Hey, that was nice. That was fun. Avoid the upset. Yeah. Love it. But I don't think either of us were like supremely confident in, in winning this game today before the game. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, I did not, uh, I think I told you before the game started that I just wanted the game to be over with. I was not looking forward to the next two and a half hours of what was going to unfold. And, uh, it was an exhausting two and a half hours. Uh, you had to withstand some runs. Kentucky getting off to the 15-7 to 7 lead. K-State mounting back and taking a three-point lead into halftime. And then Kentucky, after K-State gets up five to start the second half, going on an 11-0 run. And, and that did oh, not feel great when no. Kentucky was up 39-31. to 31. But then Desi Sills, actually, he hits a layup to get it 39-33 and then makes an incredible three-point play on a really difficult shot of the yeah. rim to get it to 39-36. Um and then I, I think K-State actually, Marquise hit his first three at that point after to tie it at 39 over Sheepway. Uh, just an incredible swing of emotions as that game went on. K-State got up four, 47-43. Kentucky came back. They took a one-point lead. And Kentucky got up four later. I mean, you talk about a game with a lot of lead changes uh, throughout that first and second half, really. Uh, just incredible. And I don't, like, I don't know, if John, if we've talked maybe about Marquise Noel enough. <laughs> I mean, probably not. I don't know. You know, like, we gave the stats, but like you could tell Marquise really, really wanted this game by the way. Like, do you see him when he when he made a shot? Like, he when, he, when he spiked the floor, floor. I like, loved whoever Kentucky's guard was there, just like gave him this side eye, like, what are you doing, man? But it was one where he should have gotten a foul, you know, and Lord knows if it were Chi Wei or whoever in there, it would have been a foul. Yeah, I digress. Yeah, so you could see. Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, I just thought, and somebody commented earlier, I'm sorry, I didn't see, uh, who it was a comment and i see uh, mason you say michigan state's up 48 45 with seven minutes to go so that's going to be a, a crazy finish there uh somebody asked marquise noel to the rafters john what what is marquise yeah. noel i mean him and keontae are both all americans like well can they both make it i got asked that by uh carrington on 610 this week or last week i feel like it was even before the tardy so i want to say it was last week um and he said are, are either of those guys, like, are they going to the Raptors? And I said, well, if they make a, I said, if the final four run, yeah, they're probably, they're probably both going to the Raptors, right? And Marquise, for sure, for being the guy that stuck around and kept everything together. Um, I, I But I think no doubt, probably both of them, if that were to happen, especially like Keontae's shot today. I mean, I don't care how he played the rest of the game. He hit that shot and it, a part of a final four run, if that happens. I was like, Anything short of that, I was like not getting to the second weekend, you know, probably not. That's I think getting to the second weekend maybe changes things. I was gonna say now we're like in that territory where we're you're 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 knocking on that door. But the thing is, like, Keese is gonna be ahead, I would imagine, because of the fact that he was the guy that kept everything together. They he bought into Jerome Tang big time. He had the crazy faith that they talk about. Um, 
And he did a lot of the recruiting for Keontae yep. and, and everybody to just keep maintain the roster. So not just the way he's played, but but you combine all of it with that. Um, I think he's got he's got a real chance. Keontae, it's like the point that I made when I got asked that was like, I mean, Michael Beasley's jersey still isn't up in the rafters as like a one and done guy. Now he only made it to the round of thirty two. Um but if if we're not going to put Beasley in the Raptors, and I remember a lot of the conversation, there are still people that will tell you, which I think is ludicrous, but there are still people today that will tell you, no, he doesn't belong there because he was only here for one year. I think that's pretty stupid, and it would be a nice move for the program to put a guy that people know that played in the NBA up in the Raptors. But I, it, it, close. I would think right now, like, Marquise, Marquise probably probably there. Right. Oh, yeah, I think he will be. I mean, Marquise has 266 assists on the season. In the Montana State game, he moved to seven point assists, eight assists per game, which moved him to the top five in Big 12 history. Um, in terms of assists per game in a single season, he passed TJ Ford's 2002-2003 season at Texas in assists per game. I mean, 266 assists, 17 plus points a game, sweet 16 run, two-year guy. I mean, I think that helps him, even though the last year wasn't extremely successful, obviously. Uh, and 27 and nine today, seven of 14 from the floor, uh, three of eight from three, the nine assists. Like I thought he just played a really nice floor game. I mean, he really took care of the basketball. I know he had yeah. four turnovers, but I, I like most of his turnovers didn't lead to runouts. Really. I think he maybe had one that led to a, a one in transition for Kentucky, but most of them, like a couple of them were dead ball turnovers and nothing really egregious on, on his end. I, I thought he played really composed, had control of that game and, uh, has put up some numbers that are some of the best in Big 12 history, like free throw shooting, steals per game, uh, assists per game, assist rated. I mean, he's been incredible, and that's K-State's six in the country and assists per field goals made, largely because of what Marquise Noel brings to the table. And uh, John, uh, just to answer a question earlier about Marquette or Michigan State, here's a here's a fun stat for you, because you know I've told you about the turnovers per possession forced by an opponent and how big it is. 19.5% are under, K-State's 14-2 and two on the year. Marquette is 18th in the country at 22.5% in turnovers per possession force. Mm. Michigan State, 345th in the country. Go 14.4%. Go for it. 14.4% at turnovers per possession force for Michigan State. That would be the lowest of any team K-State has played on the entire season. Lowest out of any opponent. So, Tom Izzo, let's finish this thing. What do they, what do, they do well? I don't know yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh a Sparty. Yes, I would rather take I would rather take Sparty. They shoot the three well. They hit they hit like 12 threes in the second half at Nebraska and Lincoln in the game I was watching. Like they have some guys that can be on and off. I mean, I also lost money on them in a game when they lost to Ohio State at the Big 10 tournament. So, yeah, Big 10 not uh not doing so hot. They're the last team left, right? In the Big Ten. Indiana tonight. Oh, okay. But uh, the Big 10 had eight teams make it and they're down to two. Um, before the Sweet 16 and the ACC could potentially have everybody knocked out too, right? With Pitt losing today, Miami loses because Virginia and Duke are out. I think so. And I mean, the way the way that the, the tournament is going so far for K-State fans' rooting interests, uh, I would say that Nigel Pack in Miami might want to watch out and be careful. Um, I mean, look, I guess I, I really don't care. Um, but let's recap that. And someone said earlier, like... <laughs> Thank God for K-State saving the Big 12 and being ratioed by the SEC, which is so true because, you know, we can't we can't get Kansas to hold up their end of the bargain, right? And so uh K-State has to has to come in and get it done today. But I mean, in all seriousness, like I don't I know you said Cole, we're not gonna spend too much time on Okay. But Iowa State loses in like a historically bad performance when they had Kansas City lined up 
not only that, they got teased by the, was it Kennesaw that was ahead of Xavier over there for a while? So they're thinking, hey man, we, we got to play this crappy pit team, this crappy ACC team, and then we're going to get Kennesaw, and then we get to go to Kansas City for the Sweet 16. No, just a historically bad shooting performance in an L. Uh, then you got Missouri sitting there, and, and you guys know how annoyed I've been of all the talk of Dennis Gates being on the same level as Jerome Tang. Dennis Gates gets the chance to play Princeton, a 15 seed Princeton to go to the Sweet 16 and not only doesn't win, but just gets punked. I mean, just gets pummeled by Princeton. Uh, then Kansas blows their lead, loses to Arkansas. They get shirted shirted off by Musselman. You know, he's out there waving his shirt around shirtless on the scores table, which was, it was probably a bit over the top, but I did enjoy it because it was happening at the expense of Kansas. Uh, and, and now K-State comes through as the one local school here to still to still win. And to be on to the Sweet 16. So, I mean, I know Kansas City doesn't talk a whole lot about K-State usually, but if they're going to be talking hoops this week, you would think that K-State is going to get some love here. Like, it is, it has been a pretty damn sweet year if we go all the way back to the Big 12 championship, obviously, in football, and now continuing over to hoops. Oh, Cole, all the jokes that we took about best opening press conference ever and, like, making such a big deal about that for Tang and then the haves versus the have-nots and the selection show and all that stuff. And now here is here is K-State still plugging along in the tourney. Kansas sitting on their ass at home. That, that's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Actually, the uh, the fifth time since 2014, KU's gotten bounced in the second round of the NCAA tournament, which was kind of hard to believe. Uh, some yeah, you, you texted that to us earlier today, and I was like, I could not believe that. They lost to Stanford with Wiggins when they were a two-seed blend, yeah. 10 in the second round, um, and then obviously lost you know, they lost in the 4-5 to Auburn a few years ago. They lost to a, an 8 or 9 um, before that another time. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a tough run in the second round. That seems to be their bugaboo. Once they get past it, they they tend to make a run. Um, you know, yeah. I, it, and you asked, like, what Michigan State does well. They're nearly 40% from three on the year, 76% from the free throw line. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the dangers of playing them. But, yeah, I mean, look, what you just said, like, yeah, in case I wasn't get talked a lot on KC, like that's why you tune into KC Sports Network and us on Three Mall, right? Because and, we're and talk about it. Wednesday night, six o'clock on six ten. All right, I'll yeah, be yes. on the air Wednesday night, six o'clock on six ten for an hour. Listen to our guy John Kurtz yes. on uh, six ten radio in Kansas City as well on those Wednesday nights. But outside of that, like you can always rely on us. We're going to carry multiple episodes a week uh, to to talk K State, so we'll always be here for you, uh, people. I've seen this a couple times. Robbie is the latest to uh, request this, but they they want to know Brody's take. Uh, on the game, I mean, he thought Casey was winning ninety-seven to ninety, so I didn't post that. And I'm a, I'm a little outlandish. You don't want it. You you don't want it after the Texas thing. Believe me, Cole. I saw the Kentucky fans in my mentions for twenty. Yeah, I did. You do not want to subject Brody to Big Blue Nation. There's a reason you I did not want to do that. That's exactly why I didn't do it. I mean, I saw what Texas fans did to him, and yeah. I knew I, I've been around Kentucky fans before. Kentucky basketball fans. I'm in St. Louis for the NCAA tournament fourteen. Like I know how they are. I know how they behave, and some of their fans can be the most obnoxious in America. I mean, that is a unique fan base. We were talking earlier, like they got John Higgins' number to his roofing business one time. Official, uh, like I. I expect to see John Kurtz trolling Kentucky fans all night on Twitter, on social media. Like, I can't wait for that um, because I know they were going after John for uh, some tweets earlier today and yesterday. So looking forward to that. But yeah, I did not want to subject Brody to that. Uh, Brody was very excited, obviously. Like, I mean, we were losing our mind or the last minute. I don't know if he knows he's not going to New York City. Well, I'm glad you... Okay, so I didn't know if he was or not. And I almost... 
in the celebration, like heat of the moment, like I almost reached over and was like, Brody, get ready for New York or something bad. But then I was like, oh, I don't know if you're actually going. He was like, so we're going to New York. I know. Well, your mom and I, that's an expensive ticket to take you to as well. Cole, see, I remember my, I I was furious with my parents back in 1996 in case they made it possible when I was seven years old and my parents didn't take me to the cotton bowl and all they brought, they brought me back this little Southwestern bell cotton bowl, teddy bear. And I just remember being like <laughs> furious, like, okay, thanks. Like I would have ripped it up to shreds. Yeah. Uh, that not a memory you want to live by. Uh, I checked on Cyclone Larry. Hey, he hitched his wagons to Kansas state. And just he did. Uh, yeah, Cyclone Larry said he's, uh, he's getting on the K state bandwagon. So, you know, for Iowa state fans, that's all they got now. You know, they got a four win football team and all they have is, uh, and they got a basketball team that can't score. Not only is Iowa State losing, but they play the most bland, boring style of, of basketball you could possibly play. Meanwhile, K State's just a swag machine, you know, from coaching staff on down. I I'd be bowing at the altar of K State too, and uh, and getting on board. You might as well. I mean, God, can you like think about the offense Iowa State fans have had to watch all year? They watched Tom Manning's disaster in football this year, and then they and then they have to they go from watching hunter deckers to watching whatever that was in the ncaa tournament th- this year because like, good lord that's a rough life man yeah not not fun for them for sure um so uh well hey i mean i think uh i think that's good right i don't have anything else yeah, I'm I'm jordan sure. I, I know our guy jordan he's got another show to go at 6 30 here on kc sports network so uh shout out to jordan for producing this for us on short notice yes and uh shout out to uh everybody that's hung out here in the chat we appreciate you all uh, I'm sure we will uh, we'll be back at it soon later in the week I don't know what, what exactly the plan is going to be for that but we'll figure it out and get you something it's going to be a quick turnaround man because it's, we're, we're going Thursday Saturday here so Thursday is going to be like man comes up quick comes up really really yeah, you kind of want it to be Friday because you want to relish in the moment a little longer but yeah. uh, it'll be here Thursday and uh, I guess enjoy some Ben Holiday bottled in Mon Bourbon Thursday night after getting to the Elite Eight and Friday pound some more uh, for sure. Uh, well, there's going to be a lot of that if K-State's going to uh, Houston in the Final Four. I don't think I'm going to be able to make this New York trip. Uh, nonsense. Guys, we win when John is with me. Always happens. So get him to New York City like he always tries to pressure me to do stuff, like to get you guys to pressure me to go to trips. Let's get John to New York. Might need, uh, might need a little help on you the next... You need to have the shout out to your employer's email. And, uh, let's help. Let's get <laughs> Get out of something. Well, I was also going to say, like, you know, might might need to up those uh, YouTube live donations. <laughs> over. I don't know if that's going to happen. I may just have to save the bolts in the chamber for uh, for Houston. Well, Vanessa thought we were going to Maui uh, for our 10 year anniversary this year in May, but uh, blow the budget on New York City for cats. Right? Well, and then Houston. I mean, you got to, you got to, well, yeah, for I mean, the budget will be gone for Maui by the time Houston's wrapped up in the fun. I mean, like that, like, no, nothing, nothing will stop me. Uh, nothing will stop me from getting to Houston if that happens. I promise you that nothing will stop. We will be in my minivan driving to Houston together. Uh, no, I'm flying, dude. That's a terrible drive. I drove that with my dad in high school for the Texas Bowl in 2006. I drove it too. It was that is disgustingly long. That's it's like a it's like a 14 hour drive. It's a bad drive, but when we're with family together, yeah, <laughs> nothing like hashtag family. Okay, <laughs> all right. I've got a crazy faith that you'll drive us all the way there, Cole. That's that's what I got. All right, guys. Uh, we we appreciate you. Uh, it just lost a bamboo when you two are together. Well, yeah. All right. Well, you blame you can blame me for this one then. Uh, that's true. Anyway, it costs us sugar bowl. Yeah, that's me actually because I didn't go. Yeah, that that was that was absolutely you. I, I tracked it and I drove. Anyway, okay, we're rambling. Appreciate you guys. 
uh thank you thank you thank you to uh to jordan uh for hopping on and doing this for us right now take care we will see you soon go cats thanks for listening to kc sports network don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well you can find all six of our channels at kcsn covering the chiefs the royals sporting kc and the kc current plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.